saved from. Something we ought to think about every once in a while. What we have been saved from. And not only what we've been saved from, but what we've been saved to. Now we've been saved unto good works. God expects some things from us now that we're saved. And what we have to look forward to. A place called heaven. A real place. Not uh, This life is not all there is. And you know, while we're saved, just the blessings that come with this life of serving the Lord, so wonderful. And it's all thanks to God and His saving grace. Now I want us to go to Matthew chapter 4 this morning. Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to read a familiar passage of Scripture to you. And I want, us to, I want to remind you of something today that I think this is something all of us know, but something that we need to be reminded of. And that's if you're saved today, God wants you to be a fisher of men. God wants you to win souls to Christ. God wants you to tell other people about Jesus. And I want to read this passage. I probably all heard it before, but it's good to review again. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, 
saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. I don't know how many of you in here today are fishermen. Do we have any fishermen in here? People just you call yourself a fisherman. How many of you maybe you're like me? You just like to fish, but maybe you wouldn't call yourself a fisherman. Okay, that's me. Uh, I'm not the most successful fisherman in the world today, but I enjoy I enjoy getting out there and just having a pull in the water and relaxing. I enjoy it quite a bit. And I think we all enjoy that. And I imagine if somebody was a really good fisherman, they could probably maybe do a better job of some of these examples and things I want to give you today. But you know, Jesus Christ, He often used earthly things that had spiritual meanings to Him. And He told he went to Peter, James, and John. These guys, they were fishermen. They knew about fishing. And Jesus told them, He said, hey, follow Me. And I'll make you fishers of men. They were still going to kind of have the same occupation, I guess. They were just going to be fishing for something else. And one of the things that we see in this passage, and I believe this applies to us, this wasn't just for the disciples, but if you're following Christ, you'll be fishing for men. If you're following Christ, He said, follow Me, and I will make you fishers of men. You know, I think that's a good question we ought to ask ourselves all the time. Is am I following Christ? And I think we see in the Bible that if we are following Christ, we're going to be a fisher of men. I mean, do you really think that if you're following Christ, He doesn't want you telling people the Gospel? Obviously, that's not the case. God wants all of us fishing for men, going after mankind, telling other people about Jesus, telling them the way to heaven. That's something that God wants from us. It's a, I mean, it's a divine calling that all of us have on our life. And hopefully we want to be good at it. Hopefully, I'll admit, I am not a good fisherman when it comes to catching fish. We've fished several times in that river right across from our house. And we've caught a total... One? Yeah. One fish and one turtle. I caught a big turtle one day. And that's the biggest catch I've had. Not done real good. We went camping the other day. And we went out and we did some fishing for a while and we didn't catch one fish. And we hardly ever catch anything, but we still go. And because it's, it's fun to go fishing. And, you know, being a good fisherman, though, it comes with some practice and experience. Okay? I, I don't do regular fishing that often. You know, we probably only go three or four times a year, maybe. And, you know, obviously that's not enough practice. Obviously, I need to do a little more work if I want to start catching more actual fish. And the truth is, when it comes to fishing for men, it's something that you get better, but it, uh, it takes some practice and experience. You just got to get out there and do it. You know, you can read about fishing in a fishing magazine all you want, but it's not going to do you any good until you take what you learn, you take what you read about, and you get out there and you actually do it. And a lot of times when you get out there too, there's things that maybe you weren't expecting. You know, things that you weren't prepared for. I mean, how have you ever been fishing before? You finally get out there and it's like you spend the first 20 minutes, you know, untangling your fishing lines and, you know, getting everything prepared for. When I take the kids fishing, you know, we'll have like four or five fishing poles out there and there's constant, you know, needs. Somebody gets stuck on a rock, you know, somebody, uh, you know, need, you know, their line broke or tangled up and it's just, there's a lot of things that go with it, a lot of things that are, that are challenging. 
But you know, it's uh, and the same thing happens when you go fishing for men. You can read about it all you want in the Bible. You can read books on soul winning. You can listen to preaching on it. But until you actually get out there and try, until you go to maybe that family member that you have and you present the gospel to them, you're, you know, nobody's going to be good at it until they actually get out there and try doing it. I can guarantee you what's going to happen. I mean, you can go and you can take all the classes, you can do all the studying that you want, but that first time you go and you give the gospel to somebody, they're going to throw a question at you that you just are not prepared for. And you're, what, what do I do now? I've been there before. I've gotten stumped. And you feel terrible about it, but you know what happens? Whenever I get stumped, I go back and I look in the Bible. What should I have told them? And I find out. Maybe I'll go and I'll ask advice. Say, hey, I was witnessing this person and I lost him. Right here. This is where I lost him. And I get help. And that way, next time that happens, I'm going to be prepared. Next time, I'm going to be ready. Because you know we all have those fish stories about the one that got away, don't we? And you're going to have some of those stories about the people that you were trying to win to Christ that you didn't quite get. That they got away. And you know, it's sad when that happens, but you've got to learn from that. You've got, to, you've got to keep on trying. It takes practice experience. It takes time. It's something that you just... I mean, you're going to have to put some time and effort into it. You're going to have to have some patience. That's the thing with fishing too. You know, We'll start out with all the kids fishing, but it's only... It's not much time at all before you know they're playing and digging in the rocks, throwing rocks in the river, scaring the fish away. You know, and it's, it doesn't take long. It's easy when you're out there fishing to just get bored and get distracted and to give up. But sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes you just, you're just going to have to wait. It takes dedication and determination. You've got to decide that I am going to catch a fish. Or I am going to catch somebody for Christ. I am going to win somebody for Christ. And it might take you a lot of time, but let me tell you, one soul is worth it. It is worth it to win one person to Christ. And I believe what people need today is really just some practice. That's all there is to it. I hope you listen to the preaching. I hope you get a lot out of it. I hope you learn from it. I hope you study. I hope you're reading your Bible. But I'm telling you, there's something about getting out there and just doing it that makes the difference. That you're never going to be totally prepared for it. I mean, you're going to come across people. They're going to throw questions at you. There's going to be situations you're not going to know what to think. There are some goofy religions out there teaching some crazy things, and people are just going to throw stuff at you you've never heard before, and you just don't really know what to do. You know, we you know, we we go out, you know, knocking doors and passing out flyers and inviting people. And I'm telling you, sometimes you just you come across people in situations that you could have never been prepared for. You know, people. I remember not long after we came out here, we were knocking doors, and there was one guy. He just boy, you could tell he was just bitter and hated life. And there's no God. If there was a God, why would he allow all these wars and Think murders and things to be going on, and you know, I attempted to try to give some type of answer to that, but he started using some foul language and made it clear he would like for me to leave, and so I left. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to, uh, you know, it's their house. I approached them. They tell me to leave. I'm gonna leave. All right. I was talking to somebody yesterday. I've had some Jehovah's Witnesses come to my house, and when they come to my house. 
Um, you know, I will talk. I I talk to them. I don't let them do much talking, and I talk to them until they finally hear enough and leave. <laughs> and and uh, I, I can tell they want to leave, but until they actually leave, I just keep talking, and I I just preach to them. I figure they're not going to show up here. They showed up at my house. This is a great opportunity, and so I just uh, I do that. But if I'm at somebody else's house, you know, if they ask me to leave, I'm going to leave. But people are going to throw weird things at you. They're going to throw. Uh, they're going to ask you questions you're not prepared for. They're going to tell you about some circumstances in their life. You know, there's some folks out there. I'm telling you right now, if you're if you're the kind of person that likes to have a pity party and really thinks that your life is rough, man, there's somebody out there whose life's a lot more difficult than yours is. You go out there and you start talking to people and they start telling you their problems and it's just like, good night. You know, I can't even imagine. I remember when I started going to detention home uh, when, I was in, uh, when I was in LaSalle. We'd go there at the LaSalle County Detention Home. Young people in jail. I mean, teenagers. And they start telling you some of their problems and it just... I didn't know people had that bad of lives. I did not know people lived the type of existences that some of these people lived. I mean, it broke my heart. I wasn't prepared for it. I didn't have answers for a lot for a lot of these kids, and I, I did. I had to go back and I had to study, and then you know, and as as time went on, I got better at it and being able to give them things and and trying to help them. But there was a few times there were some people I did I was no help to at all. But thank the Lord, I got, I went out, I tried, I practiced, I might have failed, but the next time it came along, I was prepared for the next person. And when it comes to fishing for men, it's just something that you have to do. Go give somebody the plan of salvation. Get, do somebody you're close to. Somebody, you know, you know, maybe a family member. Somebody you feel like you can talk to. Present it to them. And they're going to throw questions at you. And you're going to, you're probably going to mess up. Just practice. And keep on trying. Hey, you can practice on me. You know, I've always wanted to do this. Uh, I, I, you know, this would probably be wrong. It would be deceptive. But I want to do this so bad. I've always wanted to call up some other churches, other religions, and tell them I'm wanting to know how to get to heaven, and just see what they would tell me. I, I, I'm really curious. I'd like to hear how some of these people would tell me how to get to heaven. And you know, I've talked to some people before. I'm, I've talked to some pastors. But some other religions, I don't think they could do it. And if they tried, they probably would have told me the wrong way. <laughs> and I, and it's it's horrible. But you know, what if somebody came up and asked you? It's not something you get asked too often, but you do get asked. I, I get asked sometimes. I mean, I probably get asked a little more being a pastor. But what if you do get asked one of these days? What if somebody comes to you, a family member, a loved one, a child, a grandchild, says, you know, Grandma, Grandpa, I know you're. You believe you're going to heaven. How do I get to heaven? Are you going to know how to present that to them? Are you going to know how to tell them? It's a good thing to practice and to, and to mark the Scriptures in your Bible. We have those John and Romans Bibles out there uh, in the foyer. And inside there, it says, there's a thing that says marked edition starts page 42 or something like that. And if you go on there, it's got you go to that first page that it mentions, it's got Romans 3.23 underlined. For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. And then it tells you where to go next. What page to go to. And there's an underlying Scripture in there. And it takes you through the whole Romans road and a plan of salvation. Get one of those. Practice with that. You know, learn, learn that. You know, have it handy with you so you know how to find those Scriptures. Or go take them and mark them in your own Bible. You know, Bibles are a wonderful thing too. I would encourage you, underline those things in your Bible. 
You know, maybe one of these days, maybe when you're not around anymore, maybe when you've passed on, maybe one of your children or grandchildren will pick up your Bible and look in it. And they'll see things that you marked in there. And you know, they're more likely to pay more attention to those things. My wife, she has her dad's Bible who passed away years ago with Lou Gehrig's disease. And if you go through, I remember looking through that Bible one time and there were several verses that were underlined that you could tell kind of showed what he was feeling and what he was going through, you know, when he found out that he had this terrible disease. And when he found out he was going to die, it was able to kind of give you a chance to look into his mind a little bit. And you know, you might be able to just by underlining verses in your Bible, pass that message on to someone else. I mean, it's a great thing to do, but we've got to, we've got to know where these scriptures are. We've got to take note of these things. We've got to practice. But being a good fisherman, it comes with practice and experience. And being a great fisherman comes with obedience to the Holy Ghost. Obedience to the Holy Ghost of God. Go to John chapter 21, verse 4. If you, listen, there are people out there that are master recruiters. There's people out there, I mean, they could talk anybody into pretty much anything. But, and there's people like that too that sometimes call themselves preachers or soul winners. And they could. They, they're just, they're good talkers. But really, for somebody to get saved, they've, the Holy Spirit's got to be involved. The Holy Ghost has to draw that person to Christ. And you've got, and we do that through obedience to the Holy Spirit. I don't have time to preach a whole message on this, but when we disobey the Word of God, we're going to quench the Holy Spirit of God. And we've got to always be obedient. We're not allowed to break the rules to try to get somebody to do what we want them to do. I will, hey, this person wants to get saved, but they don't really like that Jesus is the only way part. They, you know, they're fine with praying in Jesus' name, but they think you can get to heaven through other gods too. And they're, they're going to get saved if we will just tell them that Muhammad's okay too. Can we do that? Can we do that? It'll, it'll get, they'll come to our church. They'll get dunked in our tank. No, we don't break the rules. We don't disobey to get the results we want. Have you ever known a salesman like that? They'll tell you anything to make a sale. I mean, they will tell you anything. They will even lie to you if it will get you to sign the dotted line or whatever. We're not supposed to do that. We're always supposed to be obedient. And that's what will help us catch fish. And in John chapter 21, verse 4 and 6, we see a story here of actual fishing. And it says, And when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. See, Jesus told them, just cast it on the other side. And you remember in one of the other Gospels when it tells the same story, Peter said, Lord, we've been fishing all night and we've not caught anything. But he said, nevertheless, at thy word. And they went and they let down the net. And listen, Peter was an experienced fisherman. The fish just weren't moving that night. But when Jesus Christ, when they were obedient to Jesus Christ, they caught a multitude of fish. And you know what? If we're obedient to the Holy Ghost of God, if we're obedient to the Word of God, we'll catch fish. We will, we will catch fish. It takes, it takes wisdom to win people to Christ and to catch fish, for, uh, 
catch men. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. It's wise to be winning souls, and it takes some wisdom to win somebody to Christ. We've got to, I mean, we've got to make sure that we pray for wisdom. To ask God, Lord, give us wisdom. Help me to know what to say. There's people that I've witnessed to before that I mean, I just felt like it was the Holy Spirit speaking through me. I was remembering scriptures I didn't even know I had memorized. And then I've had other times where I felt like I was all by myself. And I did a terrible job. And the truth is, we've got to be obedient to the Holy Ghost when fishing for men. It takes wisdom. It takes knowledge. We got. We need to know what the Bible says. Proverbs two six says, "For the Lord giveth wisdom; out of His mouth cometh knowledge and understanding." God gives wisdom. God gives knowledge. We we can and we find that Bible says, "Out of His mouth comes knowledge." Anybody in here ever heard the audible voice of God before? Okay. Hope you don't raise your hand. You haven't heard it. But where do we? How do we know what comes out of the mouth of God? From the Bible. This is where knowledge comes from. This is how we know. We have eternal life. This is how we can show somebody else how to get to heaven. That We can know how to get to heaven. And I tell you, it breaks my heart all these religions out there and even preachers who don't know. They're not sure. They can't give people a real hope. The Bible tells us how we can know. And the knowledge, it comes from the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Be ready. So in other words, we've got to prepare ahead of time. You know what? I better memorize some of these Scriptures because I don't know about you, I don't have my Bible with me every single place that I go. I don't always know when I'm going to be asked. There's times where I go out prepared, where I plan on witnessing to people, where I'm prepared. I mean, I've got I've got tracks, I've got my Bible. I mean, I'm all ready to go, prayed up, ready to go. But sometimes it just it happens when you're not expecting it. Sometimes, just like a couple months ago, you I actually had somebody say, "What do I? How do I get saved?" And you got to be ready. You got you've got to be prepared to give answers. Well, I've never been asked these questions. Well, maybe it's because you haven't been out fishing. You know, and get out there, practice, get experience, get some knowledge. It takes wisdom, it takes knowledge, and also it takes compassion. This is why many people just aren't interested in telling others is they don't really care. There's a bee flying around here, isn't there? Alright, well, they're pretty friendly. They haven't stung anybody yet, but hopefully it'll be alright. But the Bible says in Jude 1.22, "...and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hurting even the garment, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh." We see here that some have compassion. You've got to have compassion on people. If they're lost and they die, where are they going to go? Well, they're going to spend eternity in hell. Compassion is going to motivate us to tell them how they can be saved from hell. Well, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to inconvenience them. Well, let me tell you something. If that's the way you feel about somebody going to hell, I hope you don't feel that same way if you ever see my house burning down and you come driving by. I mean, are you going to be afraid to knock on my door? Man, Pastor Tom, he's asleep probably. It's after midnight. He's in bed. I don't want to wake him up. Hey, if I'm about to burn up, wake me up. Throw a rock through my window. Do something to get me up. And people these days, uh, you know, I, I might upset them. 
And you know what? You might upset somebody when you wake them up about their spiritual condition. But I can promise you, they're not going to be near as mad at you as they will someday when they stand before God and they're about to be cast in a lake of fire and you never warn them. They will be mad at you for all eternity. Here on earth, they'll, they might, they'll probably get over it. Especially if they get saved, they'll definitely get over it. But it takes compassion. The truth is, when we don't witness to people, it's not because we're scared of upsetting them, hurting their feelings. We're not thinking of them. We're thinking of ourselves. I don't want them to be mad at me. You know, I don't want you know that friendship that I enjoy with them to be hurt or lost. And we're scared for ourselves. We're not scared for them. We're thinking about if you're and if you're thinking about yourself, you're not going to tell others. You're going to have to have compassion. Thank God, Jesus had enough compassion to leave heaven, come and die on a cross for us. Thank God. Thank God, people had enough. Somebody had compassion enough to tell you about Christ. And we've got to do the same thing to other people. And being a being a great fisherman comes with obedience to the Holy Ghost. And also. And this comes with, goes along with the obedience. If we're going to win people to Christ, we've got to use the right bait. Okay? When I go fishing, most of the time when I go fishing on the river, I use corn. And the reason I use corn is the carp usually go after that. And I like catching carp. Okay? I don't usually eat the fish I catch, but carp are fun to catch because they're big. And you know, and it's like, look at this big fish I caught. I caught one that big. It's not that rare if it's a carp. If you're going after bass or something like that, they're not very big. It's not as exciting. And I, I, I enjoy fishing for carp. And so I usually use corn. There might be better stuff out there. I don't know what it is. You know, I know, but a good fisherman in here could tell us better what bait to use for different kinds of fish. And the truth is, when we're witnessing to people, you know, Bible says fishing, okay? When you're, you know, fishing, you know, we're, you've ever seen, you know, you're fishing for information? Okay. We use that term for just, we're, we're looking for something. We're trying to find something. If we're trying to find people that are going to get saved, we've got to, we've got to use the bait. We've got to, there's a few things we've got to pay attention to, but Colossians 4 6 says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Our speech, seasoning it with salt. Salt makes things taste better, doesn't it? And the Bible says we ought to, our speech, it needs to be with grace, seasoned with salt. Why? So what comes out of our mouth will sound better. Okay, for example, if you're going to go and fishing for men, I don't recommend, you know, going up to a random person on the street and the first thing you say, Hey, you dirty rotten sinner, you're lost, you're on your way to hell, if you don't get saved, you're gonna burn for all eternity. Now, that's probably true what you said. But let your speech be all the way with grace, seasoned with salt. Let's see if we can improve that a little bit. You know, maybe go and actually talk to the person a little bit first, get to know the person a little bit first, you know, and then get on the subject of Jesus Christ. You know, maybe mention, hey, I, you know, I go to Liberty Baptist Church and mention, you know, hey, you, know, you go to church anywhere. And, you know, maybe they don't, oh, you don't go to church. Hey, has anybody ever told you? How you can know for sure you're going to heaven? I, I usually has anybody ever told you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven? I don't usually ask people, did you know you're going to hell? <laughs> I don't usually do it that way. I'm trying to season season it with salt. It's 
If they're lost, it's true. I've always, you know, I said it. I don't want to have a bad testimony, but I think of weird things sometimes. I thought, what it would be like to just go out visiting and just be blatantly honest with people. When you go and hey, I'd like to invite Liberty Church. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm Catholic. Oh, you believe works are going to get you to heaven? You guys, you guys pray to Mary, don't you? Wow. So you're on your way to hell then. Uh, how does that feel? <laughs> I'm telling the truth, aren't I? But I'm, I'm not really speaking with grace, am I? I'm not really seasoning it with salt. You know, so I go to the Church of Latter-day Saints. Oh, so you belong to a cult. Uh, you know, you've got to be a little tactful with people, don't you? You've got to use the right bait. And maybe, you know, maybe, you know, for example, try working what worked with you. What caused you to realize your need for a savior? Maybe somebody, maybe you used to be belong to a false religion. You know, maybe you or somebody that got saved later in life. What was it that worked with you? If it worked with you, maybe it'll work with somebody else. You know, may look at the person you're talking to. You know, try to find out where they're from. If I'm talking to somebody and I know they're a Catholic. It, it, I tell you, it's tough with them because they prayed literally everything you can pray, and they've prayed it about a hundred thousand times that they've been going to church all their lives. They've prayed just about everything, and I know with them, I've got to somehow get across to them that salvation is not by works, and that, that's difficult with a Catholic person. If I'm talking to a Pentecostal person, I've got to somehow get across to them that, you know, salvation is not, you know, it's not about speaking in tongues. It's not about the baptism. You know, you, you try to, you need to know a little bit about who you're going after. If it's an atheist, alright, you need to give them some examples uh, in the Bible and just in nature that proof that there has, there's got to be a God. Learn about who you're going after. Everybody's a little bit different. And get to know these people and use the right kind of bait. But with whoever you go after, you have to use the things of the Spirit, not the things of the flesh. I could preach a whole message on this. I'm not going to. But Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Turn over there. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. This right here is the biggest problem, probably the biggest problem that there is in churches today. You know, I mean, you think about it. This world is getting worse and worse and worse. And you know what? I, I, I could be wrong, but I think there's probably more churches today than there ever was. And when I say churches, I'm including everybody. You know, there didn't use, back in the day, there weren't that many different churches, but now there's churches all over. I counted one time in the phone book just here in Sterling and Rock Falls, I think there was over 60 churches. I mean, if we have that many churches in this area, why is our area like it is? <laughs> Without getting too critical of everybody. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's because most of these churches are using the things of the flesh to get the message out to people, and it doesn't work. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. What, what is it that needs to get saved? It's our spirit that needs saved. It's our spirit that's dead. Our bodies are alive and working right now. But if you're lost, your spirit is dead. It's the spirit that we're trying to reach, not the flesh. This body, someday, it's going to die and it's going to be put in the ground and it's going to rot away. But that spirit, that's something that's eternal. That's what we're going after. And it says in verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made us free from the law of sin and death, 
For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And they say, so what does that have to do with other churches? You know what they're doing to try to reach people today? The things of the flesh. Alright, how are we going to get people in? We've got to get them in to get the gospel. Well, you know what? They're not real, they're not real into Bible preaching. Uh, it's kind of boring to them. Uh, they're not real into that spiritual music. Let's have a rock concert. Let's, and that's going on. Rock music in churches today, the exact same music that people were partying the night before to, they go and they put some Christian words to it, and they do the same thing in church. And you know what? People love it. You know why? The flesh loves it. You know, if we just if we got us a big rented a billboard, and if we would have said, you know, got on one of the billboards out there on Main Street, said, you know, great big, you know, fried chicken supper here at the church tonight, we get we get a bunch of visitors to come in. People, I'm not against using food and stuff like that sometimes to try to get people to come in, but let me tell you something. Food's not going to save them. All right, if we don't connect with their spirit somewhere. We're not gonna. Nothing's gonna happen. You're not gonna get them saved just because you're fed them, and it 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 doesn't work. You have to give them the gospel. And here's the thing: a lot of churches today they're doing a lot of these food things and stuff, but there's no place where they give the gospel in there. Well, then what good did you just do? Well, gave them a full stomach, but you know what? They're gonna be hungry again in just a few hours. We're in the business of reaching the Spirit and seeing people get saved. And people, they want to use the things of the flesh. You know, they'll bring in the worldly music, they'll bring in the worldly entertainment. I mean, churches today, they can fill the place up if they play a movie in church. Oh, it was a Christian movie. It was a spiritual movie. And yeah, in that same spiritual, supposed movie, Christian movie, they use all the fleshly music. I'm sick of all these Christian movies that are using these wicked, vile, perverted Hollywood actors in their movie just so they can get a bigger audience. I mean, you know, they've got this new Left Behind movie coming out with Nicolas Cage. And I know the story of Left Behind. You know, he plays Rayford Steele and Rayford Steele gets saved and wins people to Christ. I'm trying to picture Nicolas Cage giving a plan of salvation. I'm telling you, why do they use those people? Because that's what people like. They like the famous people. They like the good-looking people. You know, they, the music, the the way the pe- people dress, and everything on these movies—it's just absolutely just like the world. They use all the world's music. They use all the things of the flesh, and they think they're going to win people to Christ through that. Listen, we don't win them through the things of the flesh. To be carnally minded. That is death, the Bible says. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God. How do we get saved? By grace through faith. How do we please God? The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And we just think we can bring in all the fleshly stuff of the world, do all the worldly activities, all the worldly entertainment, and have it in the church, 
and we think we're going to bring people to Christ, we think that's going to help us fish for men, I'm sorry, that will not work. And it does not work. And there are churches today all over this country that are full. And they are full of people, and yet in those same churches with supposedly hundreds and thousands of Christians, the same wickedness is going on that goes on amongst lost people. That no victory over the flesh in those churches. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's not dwelling in them. Why is the Holy Spirit dwelling in them? Because they're not using the things of the Spirit. The things of the Spirit cannot even be found in most churches. I saw a thing on television. Uh, you know, Oprah Winfrey. She did a thing. She had her and uh, Tyler Perry, a guy who I think on most of his movies plays a woman. And they were in Joel Osteen's church, and boy, they were just going on how great this church was. You know, it wasn't like their grandma's church. It wasn't like what they grew up in. You know, I mean, it had the you know hip, trendy music. They had all the fun stuff. You know, he didn't do all this. You know, he I mean, he was he does all the real nice, friendly, lovey-dovey preaching and stuff. And I remember I'm watching this, and it gets to the end of the service, and this guy's up and he's singing "I Surrender All." You know, good song, "I Surrender." And I'm watching Tyler Banks and. And her, they're they're just oh swaying. You know, they got their hands up swaying, all in the spirit. And I'm thinking right now, <laughs> there is nothing spiritual about that going on. When you, I mean, ha, I mean, ninety percent of what's come out of their mouths is just absolute lies. I mean, it's crystal clear that they are not saved. And the truth is, if they were in a Bible preaching church that was preaching the gospel, if the Holy Spirit was anywhere around, they'd have been running out of that place so fast it wouldn't even have been funny. And you know what? It works for getting a crowd bringing in the things of the flesh. It will get you a crowd, but you will not catch any men for Christ. And we've got, if we're going to win people to Christ, we've got to do it the right way with the right bait. Otherwise, it's not going to do any good. It's not about getting crowds in a building. It's about winning souls to Christ. It's about seeing people pass from death unto life. It's about pulling them out of the fire and getting them into heaven. And the Bible says it can't be done through the things of the flesh. They that are the flesh. I want to go to that church. They've got all the rock and roll. They've got all the other stuff. Why? You want to go to please your flesh? That's not what church is about. It's not about pleasing the flesh. If you're about pleasing the flesh, you might as well go to a ball game. On Sunday, you might as well go to the football game. Those people have a great time there. Their flesh is thrilled to death. They go there, they get drunk, they load up on food, they have a great time. There's more hands in the air and more shouting going on in football games than in most churches today. Aren't they filled with the Spirit? No. They are filling up with the things of the flesh. Guys love it, and they're out there. They got guys smashing into each other, you know. Arms being broke, bones hanging out, people's legs. They've got you know half-dressed cheerleaders out there on the field. People love that kind of thing. Why? Because it appeals to the flesh. It brings in a crowd. It gets people excited. And you know what? We can bring it into a church, and we'll get people excited. We'll see smiles. We'll see hands in the air. But we're not going to see anybody saved. You think anybody's going to get saved out of the football game today? I mean, they just felt so moved when they saw Tim Tebow get out there and kneel after his touchdown. Fourteen people got saved. No, nobody's getting saved through that. They get saved through the things of the Spirit. 
well, listen, I, I enjoy football, but that's not going to get anybody saved. If we went, and we if we had Tim Tebow come here to church on Sunday, I don't know if he, does he still playing football. If we if we had Tim Tebow come, we'd have a huge crowd. If Tim Tebow came here, but you know what? We're not going to be able to get Tim Tebow here because he's so obedient to the Holy Ghost. He plays football on Sunday instead of going to church. And people think, oh, just what a great, wonderful Christian. I don't know. My Bible teacher is supposed to be in the house of God on Sunday, not on the football field. And that's another sermon right there too. But we've got to use the right kind of bait. And I'm not trying to pick on what everybody likes. But I'm just, I just want you to understand these things that everybody likes, they appeal to the flesh. Let's recognize them for exactly what they are. Hey, if you enjoy pizza, go eat a pizza. Alright? Hey, that's a lot of fun. If you enjoy, you know, relaxing and, you know, watching a football game, go watch the football game. But let me tell you something. Nobody's gonna get saved from that. And we are, when it comes to church, we are supposed to do things that bring people to Christ. As Christians, we're supposed to go fishing for men and we're not going to use the things of the flesh. They don't work. But seeing people saved not only saves their soul from hell, I've shared this with you before, it doesn't just save people from hell, it doesn't just gain a reward for you in heaven, but when somebody gets saved, when you bring them to Christ, you've made the world a little bit better. James chapter 5, Verse 19. Turn over there, James chapter 5, verse 19. It says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. Not only that, that person that was lost. They were following a path of sin and destruction. When they get saved, they follow a new path. All those sins that they would have committed, maybe murder, maybe theft, maybe whatever, there's there's no telling. You think about some of the horrible things that we hear about in the news. Every time you hear about that thing, what if somebody would have led them to Christ when they were younger, when they were a child? Those perverts you hear about. Maybe if somebody would have reached them when they were just a little child, they wouldn't have become perverts. That murder, that you know, that school shooting we hear about. You know, maybe if somebody could have reached them with the gospel, they wouldn't have done that. That person you hear about that commits suicide. Maybe if somebody would have reached them with the gospel, they would have understood that they do have something to live for, that they do have a purpose in life. When we win somebody to Christ, there's no telling how many sins will not be committed as a result of that. Some of you in here, had you not been saved, you might have been the next mass murderer. You might have been the next person we'd have been reading about, but you're not going to be in the newspaper tomorrow. We're not going to hear about a mass shooting tomorrow. Why? You're saved. We'll never know until we get to heaven, but we do know for sure in the Bible that when somebody gets saved, a multitude of sins are, are, are hid. It stops a multitude of sins from even happening. And that's why we've got to go fishing for men because this world is getting worse and worse and it's because fewer and fewer people are getting saved. And I know more and more churches are being built and being started all over the place. And I said I'm using that term loosely. But I'm afraid there's fewer and fewer churches that are using the things of the Spirit. And here, we plan on using the things of the Spirit because that's what makes... The difference. It doesn't always get the biggest crowd. I'm glad we have a good crowd here today. 
I'm thrilled. I'd love to see this place packed out. And there's ways we could get it packed out. There's ways. But are they going to be the right ways? And if we're, and I believe, I believe you can pack it out the right way too. Some, it's a little harder. Takes a little more time. But that's, that's what we're going to do because we have been called to fish for men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So with that, I want us to all stand together right now.